What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by Curry.com. I'm your host, SJ. Let's get it on. What's happening, everybody? Hope y'all are having a great week so far. Welcome back to another episode of Rideshare Rodeo. So glad you could make it. We are in the process of finally getting around to our YouTube channel. Have been for the past few weeks. Um, So as many of you have noticed, I am finally starting to populate the content to the Rideshare Rodeo podcast YouTube channel. So far, so good. Thanks for the positive feedback, everyone. I will be using the platform to start um, some live streaming of the gig economy news we have been bringing to you for almost five years now at uberliftdrivers.com. This will be completely separate of the podcast, so in no way will it affect the weekly Tuesday drop of Rideshare Rodeo. That will stay the same. That is business as usual. Rideshare Rodeo drops every Tuesday podcast first always we might you know we'll be putting that content on youtube as well but it will always drop podcast version first on tuesdays that's how it is but we are i am looking at another day of trying to get that day locked for live streams and um i'm not going to give away everything on how those what those live streams are going to consist of and how they're going to be done but it will fit in with the general voice and content and overall way that the Rideshare Rodeo podcast is. So it's just going to be an extension on that. Um, the live streams will be on through StreamYard, so I'm not, it'll be on YouTube for sure. Um, probably, uh, I'm not sure, Twitch, um, may, you know, maybe some other platforms. I'm not sure which ones we'll be streaming on yet, but, li- but YouTube for sure. And those streams will become podcasts immediately as bonus podcasts. So unlike where I take a podcast and drop it on Tuesday and then, you know, a few days later either take some clips or play an entire piece or put upload an entire piece to the to the YouTube channel, this will be a live stream that you can participate on in in chat and asking questions and whatnot um, on YouTube and other platforms. But then after it's live, if it's let's say it's one evening, then you know every week we're gonna I'm gonna find the day and lock it down. But let's say that after that day, the next morning it'll populate to the podcast audio version as well. So every so the podcast listeners, you're always gonna be straight up on top of everything. Um, you guys have helped me build this. Uh, you've you've made this extremely successful, and I really thank every one of you for listening. And just you know, it, it's simply a thing that you know, 
uh, YouTube wasn't being ignored or we weren't ever going to do it. It was just I needed I needed to finally find the right time to make that move. And I think that we're there. You know, it's uh, I have the content now. Um, and there's some things I want to do outside of the outside of the normal podcast that we will be doing on the live streaming, but then we'll come on to the same podcast channel, Rideshare Rodeo. So the, basically, if you're a Ridecast Rodeo podcast fan, you will just be getting two podcasts a week instead of one once all this gets locked down. Um, so stay tuned for all the details on that. I don't want to give away any more or I'll start fumbling all over myself. But uh, uh, Did everybody catch um, last week's Curry Roundtable? Hopefully you did. It was a huge success. We did a um, uh, we did a, a premiere of the video, a live premiere on YouTube, so that people could come in and chat and ask questions. And we had Diego from Curry there, who was um, trying to field all the questions being asked. You know, there was a lot. So we are going to be scheduling a um, a live stream. This will be one of the live streams upcoming. Um, it will be in December with uh, one of the members of Curry who will be able to address the questions which have been asked already, as well as um, any that you guys might bring in. Since it'll be a live stream, you guys can come in. We'll start with the questions that were asked in chat. So if you were in chat last week and you didn't get your question answered or whatever, those will already be locked down. And those will be the first questions that we will start with. And then as people roll into the live cast, live stream, you'll be able to ask Curry any questions you want. So that will be great. I will have a date locked down either, you know, let's say by the end of next week, because I'm going to have the rest of the year locked down um, before Thanksgiving. I'll say that for sure. Um, everything through New Year's of this year will be lo- will be locked down by Thanksgiving. So, um, and so this Thursday also, did I mention we have a, a bonus cast coming out? So we do until this live stream gets going. I'm I'm gonna kind of keep a couple bonus casts. That doesn't mean it's gonna be on Thursday that the live cast live streams will be, but this Thursday, um. I do have a bonus episode dropping with Kim Cavan. And if you don't know her name, look her up. Um, The piece is on keeping your independent contractor status. And if you don't think that this applies to you or you've already heard about AB5 and, you know, this, this is probably for other people, you're wrong. And this is a extremely good interview. And it's one everybody should listen to. Because no matter what, if you don't receive a W-2 paycheck and you are, you know, in a traditional freelancer, independent contractor, or you're an on-demand app-based gig worker, independent contractor, you need to hear this. So make sure to check out uh, Thursday's bonus podcast this week. You're, you're not going to want to miss this one. A lot of content in there. Um what else do we got? Oh, tonight. Um, tonight, Tuesday. What is it? The uh, hold on. What is it? The the eighth. What's the date here? Oh, Tuesday, November 9th. Okay. So, if you're hearing this in the afternoon tonight at uh, six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. Man, I hope I got that right. 
I will be live on Hannibal is Hungry's uh, Hannibal is Hungry YouTube channel on his live stream, and we will uh, be talking about I don't know what. It's going to be up to him. I've I've had Hannibal on before, and he's a you know he's a great person to just to just talk about the gig economy and other things with. So we'll see what he has in store for tonight. But uh, if you want to join in live, you can through the live chat. Just go to YouTube, look up Hannibal is Hungry, and uh, and tune in tonight. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, as for, for today's interview, I am going to bring on Grant McDonald, who is also known in the gig world and gig community as Gig Guy Grant. Primarily, probably for his presence on YouTube, um, but he has other platforms too, and we'll list all those in the show notes, and we'll talk about them during the interview. But he does delivery in London, and we did a lot of market comparisons. But the thing that one of the unique things he does about delivery in London is he does it on a scooter, moped, whatever you want to refer to it as, and he shoots POV video. So he's got point of view going from a, um, what did he say? It was a GoPro 8, I believe. And so it's really clean shot video, but unlike a lot of our quote unquote ride along videos that are all over, um, his are done from a scooter. So it's really kind of a, um, it's it's cool to watch it it being done in a different area and see how it works there. But it's also really cool to watch uh, him driving the streets of, of London and, uh, you know, just, just kind of checking out, you know, the, what he's doing through his day. So I don't, it's, 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 it's really cool and interesting to me. I think he's got some good content out. It's, it relates to, you know, where he's at, but he's also familiar with our market as well. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring Grant on and I'm going to come back on the other side. All right. So today I have, uh, Grant McDonald, who is, gig guy grant in london and i want to thank him for being on thank you for being on today it's my pleasure thank you very much so i'm gonna let him say his name and uh and and his uh handle here because he says it differently than we do because he's in london and and this is uh the way he does it so can you say your name and 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 it because i was gonna do it yeah i would say i would say gig guy grant okay a lot of people will say grant Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Either way, it works for me. It's fine. Right. Right before we started, we were going through it, and he was like, "What'd you say, Grant?" And then he corrected me, but I was realizing it was just our difference of countries here. Um, but uh, thank you again for being on, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. So, um, yeah, because we've had a couple people we've talked to over in London, and it's and either fall off the radar, um, or else they just become unreliable. I've had date, you know, like a third interview or something scheduled with one, and they don't show and they don't call. Yeah. No call, no show. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so first of all, I guess tell us a little bit for those for those who don't know what he does. He's another. He's a he's a he's a. I guess I would call him a creator, just like many of many of the YouTube people um, here, the YouTube community that I have on the podcast all the time, and that I'm I'm in touch with. Even though, although I'm primarily a podcaster, just starting to touch on the YouTube stuff. Um, and run the website Uber Lyft drivers. Uh, he is doing in London what a lot of our uh, creators do here in the states. However, he does it a little bit different, and we'll get to that. But you want to give us like a break, uh, a breakdown of kind of what you do 
um, what, like what platforms you're working, how you work them. I know you do a lot of scooter stuff and, and just kind of what you're doing over there in the UK. Uh, well, I'll take it back to the start of the gig economy journey, I guess. Um, okay. I started off in October 2017. Uh, that was with Uber driving with passengers. Um, we take out a three-year license because I know with your last podcaster from London, the driver, um, he mentioned like the TFL regulations we have. Um, but I I stopped doing the, the Uber driving passenger work after about two and a half years because at that point was when COVID sort of came into full effect and the work was dying out in London very much. Everyone working from home, no one allowed to go out, so to speak. So at that point, that was when I took on to the uh, like food delivery. So here in London, I work on Uber Eats. We have an app called Deliveroo and we have an app called Just Eat, but we work on like a third party app who deal with all all the technicalities for them called Stuart. Um, Just Eat have bought out one of your companies. Um, it's the orange logo. I've seen it in California. I can't think which app it would have been. So yeah, currently I'm working on free delivery apps. Um, I did start off on a pedal bike, but because I knew I was going to be doing it full time, especially through the pandemic, I I started. I hopped onto a scooter. So I work on a Honda PCX125cc, and I film like a point of view kind of like video from time to time with a GoPro on my chin. So to yeah, speak. What, what, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be for you, but we like a lot of the creators here that do those type of videos call them ride alongs. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of do like a ride along, but I, I call it like a point of view just because I'm on because a you're not. It's not a yeah. You're yeah. yeah. You're on a sco- scooter, so it's yeah. almost like it's almost like watching if you're just going to live. First of yeah. all, <laughs> but yeah. I guess you guys have a, a much better. I mean, we do have some people that use that method, but here it's a lot more. It must be a lot more dangerous to ride the scooters and do food delivery. Um, you know, it's I, I know that a lot of people over there do it, and here you just don't see a ton. I'd say like uh, in the major cities it happens, but apart from that, no, it'll be like mainly people in cars and uh, pedal bikes, like the e-bikes. Well, like you're in the major cities in England. There, there is a lot of like the well, we call them mopeds, scooters. There's a lot of riders. Right. Yeah. Um, you're in London, or you're not? Um, you in- so as we kind of like break down London here, we have what you call like a freeway. I guess we have a big motorway around London. Right. So it's like a big circle. And then we kind of divide it into north and south as a general rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. But then it also goes into like west, east, uh, northwest, southeast, and all of this. So I'm kind of like what you'd class as the far end of northeast. I'm kind of like, I'm classed as like London, but I'm almost out of London, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Well, I mean, like here in Denver, we have 800,000 people now. We've been growing pretty quick. So, I mean, we have bigger cities here in the U S but that's pretty big for considering if you go back 10 years, Denver was at like 500,000, you know, we've grown tremendously. Um, but we have Denver and then we have like Aurora, Littleton, Parker, all these other little cities that are adjacent in touch, but they're not that little of cities. And really everybody calls the whole thing Denver. Yeah. But, but really. Yeah, the way like our place, like the way our cities are broken down compared to like in America, is completely different. Like, we don't have like a downtown and all of these kind of things. So, I live right. in a town called Dagenham, which is in like the east side of London. Essentially, people might have might know it as right. Yeah. Um. So, um, you you're working full time in the gig economy. Yep. Did were you doing it through the pandemic? um i yeah the food delivery side of things i stopped the driving in the pandemic 
Uh, right. The main so you, were, why you were still only doing the food delivery. You don't have another job. This is your full time. Uh, so I was, I was, I started to get good economy stuff because I do a fair bit of like photography mm-hmm. uh, in the pandemic as well. That died down. I had um, like a little unit rental space where I was doing some work, some photo shoots in my portrait work, and that completely got wiped out. So in the meantime, that's why I started to, to do the videos just to do something creative with my time while I was working. So. Yeah, good idea. And now, and now that's worked for you too. So and now, um, yeah, it's picked up. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I don't know what the word would be. I don't know. It's kind of I think pe- I, you know people and... people love watching these ride along videos. I mean, they yeah. really you know. I thought for a while I'm like you know we I I've, I always see trends. I've been doing UberLiftDrivers.com the website for news for five years, and now since scooters and all this other stuff and whatnot, and pretty much since the pandemic, a lot of creators just blew up here and really yeah, we're spending tons of time. of time on their stuff <laughs> so it was like little fads be, were happening and I, I really thought the ride-alongs were cool but i, th- I didn't know that they, that you could make as many as possible and people were going to keep keep watching them watching and watching i, I <laughs> mean really so like not, not just you i mean i'm talking about everybody that does them it's, yeah. it's crazy like those are you could just do a ride-along never have made a video on youtube and you're probably going to get a bunch so. of hits yeah well, I, when I started the Uber driving in London back in 2017, I made a website called uberinlondon.com, I think it may have been. And I sort of documented like the sign-up process. I documented some earnings for a little while because I wanted to do the video, but I just kind of didn't have like the confidence for it. And <laughs> um, So I ended up getting rid of the website in the end because it didn't really pick up that much traction. It was just like a WordPress blog site. And- right. I ended up. I took the plunge to do it when the pandemic hit, and I couldn't do my photography. I thought now's the time. So it's right. gone okay so far. So no complaints. You know, I mean, do you have like a um, do you have like a Bitly link or a what do you call it link tree? Uh, yeah, I've got a link tree. Yeah, so it'd be gig, uh, gig so something where you can find all your different socials anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like a landing page like that. Yeah. So we'll you got to make sure to get me all that because I'm going to put it all in the show. Yeah, we'll here, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I mean, walk us through like so. How walk us through like uh, a week for you? Like how many how many hours a day are you working? Do you have a, do you? I've always scheduled myself in the gig world because I work in production. I do laser lighting and cam lighting and pyrotechnics. Um, so you know, I've worked for Elton John, Shania Twain. Um, nice. I work for some of the really big ones, same as you with your photography. The pandemic hit and all of my work was over. Yeah. But I've been doing Uber. I had been doing Uber and Lyft since 2014 here in Colorado. So yeah. like if I wasn't doing things and I have a, you know, I have a, now I have a 15 year old son who then was younger, obviously. But um, if I was in between gigs and I was home for six weeks, I needed something to do. Even if I, yeah. even if my money was okay, I just, I couldn't just sit here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it just, I'm not that person. I can't do that. I'd go nuts. So, I was a. I was doing it to to have some kind of purpose and something to do during those down times. But b. I was doing it because I'm like, well, I'm gonna stack some money then on the side. Yeah. You know. I mean, why not? Why Why shouldn't I be earning? You know. Yeah, of course. And so I really took. So when I'm here, I would be like 50 hours a week Uber, you know, or Lyft or, or rideshare together. Yeah. And then when I'd go on the road, you know, it was 60, 70 hour production week. So I'm used to working a lot of hours. Yeah. But um, right now you know, where we are in the world with the pandemic, do you, but I always scheduled myself out. Like I knew I would know at the, on Monday, 
every I could show my son every day and times that I was going to be working. I wish you know, I was. It's, it's, nice. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a gig worker who just goes. I can do it right now and just turn on. I got too many things. So I wouldn't like, say I'm. I have my key times in my mind that I like to make sure I'm out working. But I think since doing the food delivery side of things, the more it dips into the winter, the less organized and motivated I am to go out. I have to admit, even though it's like the busier times, if it's raining, yeah, I just don't want to. I'll, I'll work, but I just don't want to be out there. So I'm a bit. Yeah, I have to be pushed. <laughs> but right. the, when I was doing the car driving, like with the passengers, I was far more organized. Um, I would try and work my early mornings, uh, work runs, airport runs. You'd want to come home for like the lunchtime and like mid mornings, early afternoons, and then head back out for around 4 p.m. when everyone started to head home and probably work to around like 9, 10 p.m. But then at the weekends, I'd probably go out at like 4 in the afternoon and then just work till say 3, 4 a.m. So just. Yeah. All the so, <laughs> so. How okay? So in a, in a in a given week, though, if you were to take the well, just the last two weeks that yeah. you, that you've worked, how many hours approximately you're, you're um, putting currently? In? I'll probably say I'm working anywhere from forty to fifty-five, maybe. Okay. So uh, my busiest days are Thursday to Sunday, and then Monday to Wednesday, I will still try and get out in the evenings. Like I mean, without putting yeah. without without putting all your earnings on the table, can you give us an example to compare to our markets? Like, what on your busiest oh, you, day? How many hours you are you making? Far more. I've had some some of the people from America comment on my videos before, and they can't. So we don't have the tipping culture here that you do. I'm lucky to get two or three tips a day on a full day job, and on a full day, I could probably do anywhere from twenty five to thirty five trips, for example, like jobs, dropping off items and. But you must I'm lucky to get two to three tips. Even though these gig companies have a way of I'm always careful with my wording here. It drives yeah. me. Um have a way of creatively manipulating the algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> Is the best way I can say yes. it in the nicest. Um they must pay you more as, um, the, as the base pay in the So in our the, base fare. So on Uber Eats, our base fare on a scooter, which is the lowest commission out of... So we have uh, scooters, have their own category, cars and e-bikes and pedal bikes. Um, the scooters pay 20% in London. The pedal bikes pay 25% and the car drivers pay 30%. And, and my base fare for, like I say, a one-mile drop-off is £2.80. So that probably is about $3.50 maybe. Okay. So, and that's a trip that takes you uh, guesstimating how long is from receiving drop to dropping off. Uh, it just depends. That's very like restaurant dependent. So I know but I, what I guess I was going for is like how you were mentioning, we don't, you don't have a downtown. Those create yeah. big problems for us here because that adds a ton of time getting finagling, trying to park illegally, park, figure out where you're going to stick your car in an alley to run in. If, if an order's ready, if I can go in and the order's ready, I can pick up, drop off like a, a base fare order within like 10 minutes. Okay. So, but right. then there so, are certain restaurants, obviously you get to know your restaurants in your area that you just either avoid or you know you're going to be waiting for a little while. Uh, so one yeah. of the apps that I mentioned, Stuart, I con I, I'm continuously on at those. Um, 
we get this we get the order sent to our phone at the same time that the restaurant gets it on their computer so we'll get the order accept it i can drive to a restaurant say one or two miles away get there within like five minutes get there and they're saying it's going to be 15 minutes because they've just got the order whereas uber and deliveroo have their logistics set up far better so you just got to get to know your area which app works with which west uh, which restaurant and just know the field but for 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 cost of living where you are for working mm-hmm. for 50 we'll call it hours a week i mean do you do you make a good living do you it's been better than nothing in the pandemic <laughs> well and that's that's um, kind of what I, that's kind I, of what I, i'm getting at i know people i'm in the process of signing back up I've, i'm waiting now for my license to be sent out from tfl so i can go back to the uber driving in a car because you do earn more even though the expenses are, are higher it works out better overall so so speaking of that, I know that a lot of your stuff is delivery and we'll hop back to that. But since you brought it up, um, do you want to explain or can you explain what is because I always stay on top of this stuff and it's 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 really crazy to me because we're pushing in a different direction here in the United States that you you guys, you know, recently had changes in the way that you're paid. But we have a movement here, AB5, that's trying to make everybody a union. And I'm not sure how you guys feel about that over there. We're not 85% of us are not fans of the unions. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not either. Right. We so don't I, want it. We I, don't I, want anything um, to do with it because the first thing it takes away is flex. They can say it doesn't, yeah, but it does. It does. It takes, it takes At some point it will do here. If they continue pushing, it's going to take the, away the flex here. So this is when you, I listened to your last podcast with the driver from London. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm going to say I disagree with him somewhat, and I was just like, "Oh, I, I just." <laughs> well, that's <laughs> and that's why I'm asking you. So I'm asking on that perspective. I'm asking you for yeah. So that's what I'm asking you is your perspective on it. So because he just just so you know to give a little uh, history there too. Mor- Morad has a. Uh, um, sometimes I'm not sure that the words he's saying are what he means to say. Yeah, I did get that. Yeah, like he's. Um, He's and he definitely has. I mean, like he he's 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 fine. He knows English, but yeah. he but he struggles with it a little bit. I think that he he agrees with the union, but he didn't want to say that to you because I think he got the gist that you weren't like agreeing with that. So well, I yeah okay. Well, but I, I love <laughs> I people. That, I, think I he was getting people. an understanding and, and didn't want to right. push that out. Well, I I had the I mean that's the one I sent you to was the the one on AB five. I had the uh, law professor from UC Hast- University of California Hastings on who who was one of the drafters of AB five, yeah, and is all about unions only. And I had her on the no, podcast. The we we don't agree, but we have a conversation. So another thing to do with like when I started in 2017, I think I'd been working for around about a year on the Uber platform and. I managed to get into a program called Uber Engage, where they selected an, a bunch of drivers from different areas of London, how like the areas get broken down. And I was one of five that got chosen from the Northeast region based on ratings and number of trips completed and so on. Um, and because I was part of this program, I got to meet Dara, like the CEO, and I met a guy called Barney, who was the COO. Um, I've been put on like an Uber flyer at one point. I've gone to round tables and all sorts. And because of this, the guys from the union that Morad was talking about and you've played clips of, Yassine and James, I think it is, 
they do. Are you talking about the, the facial recognition ones? Or the yeah, so you see where they were talking the people that have been pushing Uber to call and you you play some like clips in your yes, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, there's two guys that are high up in that union called James. Oh, and right. James. You're talking you're talking about what over okay. I know what you're, you're talking yeah, about. They, they basically said that I wasn't a driver for Uber. Because you got, you guys had some because, kind of new status, right? Like a worker class. Yeah. So I haven't been on the platform as an active driver since then. Yeah. But back in like 2018, because I was part of this program as a driver, the union guys didn't like me because I was against going to take an Uber to call. I wanted to stay as like a self-employed driver. I wanted flexibility. That's it. So because I didn't agree with their narrative, they said I was an Uber worker. I'm not a driver. And so, so here's I, I need to ask you this because yeah. here in the United States, when California passed AB5, um, this part you might not be familiar with, then Uber, DoorDash, Instacart, and um, maybe Lyft, they put in $200 million to fight AB5 with a Proposition 22 that would. I've heard ex- Prop 22 come up. Right. That would exempt. Yeah app-based on-demand gig workers from AB5. So like anesthesiologists and other people who had been ex- exempted yeah. um, because they had to exempt everybody that they could. I mean, even writers of papers could only do 20 articles a week under AB5 without being an employee. Yeah. Or, or a year, I mean. If you were a writer for the New York Times and the Miami Herald, you could yeah, do 20 articles a year total. I mean, that's that means you have to quit. You can't yeah, make a course, living yeah. on that. So they were exempting everybody, everybody, everybody. But when they got to Prop 22, it did pass and it passed overwhelmingly. It almost passed by 3 million votes in California. But when AB5 went down, it was the same kind of press coverage that you guys had about that worker classification. Yeah. So my question is, were mo- was like here in Cal- or like in California, I'm in Colorado, but like in California, was it 85% or, or anywhere near there that didn't want that? Well, most drivers I've spoken to, they don't want it. They want to stay what we That's call That's what I mean. Employed. Yeah. They want yeah. the flexibility. So even before the apps came in, we still had like pre-booked what we call a minicab. So you, this trade has been going on for years here and it's always been self-employed. That's just how it works kind of thing. And these like new age app drivers are now coming in on the same trade and trying to completely change how things work and people just don't want that but because they've the people in the union have pushed for it it looks like everybody wants it and that got taken to court so right well that's and that's kind of what i'm getting at that's what happened yeah. here too was that you know we're talking about 15 percent of the of the gig economy workers in california wanted ab5 at most yeah. some say 13 12 percent I could I could put a percentage on it, but most right, but putting it, but putting it nicely is fifteen percent because every study, every re, every poll, every the how the voting went, just everything has shown us that it is at least eighty five percent are working. Uh, first of all, are working less than twenty five hours or less a week on the platforms and need the flexibility. Yeah, those are the two things, and so That's that eighty five percent needs wants to stay what we call independent contractors. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have a different term, but same. Yeah, well, we call it self-employed, but some people would call it like as the definition of being an independent contractor. Sure. Right. So, um, so the only the fifteen percent w- w- wanted it, yet it passed as a law. Governor Newsom yeah. of California 
um, Assemblywoman Woman Gonzalez out of San Diego. They really pushed this. And I'm thinking, you know, how do you get it to pass when 85% of the people don't want it? And then, you know, then you guys, then they put Prop 22 to a vote on the November 3rd ballot. And even people not in the gig economy voted no on that. Yeah. Because they saw all the bads of, no, we're not letting the unions in here to, you know, because here's basically AB5s. I don't know what's going on there, why it started necessarily, but it wasn't like the guys who were taking that, the issue to court over there. I don't know if this is, is this kind of the same case, but what they did here was they had people who wanted like that, who wanted to take things to court. But really, it was the unions had lost all of the taxi money. All of the, the cab companies were going under because of these rideshare companies, and they were looking for any way. And so at one point, the unions said, hey, what do we do? Why are we fighting this? Let's go after the rideshare drivers and take their money. Well, this started off as it, as it gets put out there by drivers who were kicked off the platform, essentially. That's how it ever first started out, and it's... They've built up a following ever since. I would call it brainwashing, but I, mean, I don't want to get too political. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and I, I mean, I appreciate that. We don't like getting political. I just, I find it very interesting when, when you know, fifteen percent at most wants something, it becomes a law without anybody even voting on it. it just becomes a I law. Think by- the, the craziest thing about it is that these drivers push for it. Is we have another app here. They're a very large uh, company. They're not like. They're slightly different to how Uber will work and the other driving apps here, but they're called Addison Lee. But you can sign up to them with the same TFL license and you can still be classed as self-employed, but you can work your shifts and you can get your benefits. And you, I think you can even go as what we call PAYE. And so you can have all of the employee benefits. So if you if that's what you want, why don't you go and sign up to them instead? It's like you, you want all the benefits that you can get from Uber in terms of flexibility earnings and whatever else but then you want you still want the other side of the employee benefits so you want the self-employed benefits and the paye benefits and you're trying to force that onto everybody right it's just not fair i don't think but so what you were just explaining is there a way to skirt tail that and become and stay how you want it on the uber platform by going that route um it hasn't gone far enough yet where they're forcing um, at the at the moment, from what I'm aware, you they haven't taken the flexibility away yet, but they've they've put in workers' rights for um, you get paid. I think it's like somewhere between like twelve and fourteen percent extra per week for like holiday pay, which of course I'm not going to turn down. That sounds great, but I wouldn't have risked taking it to court and trying to risk losing the flexibility for it. Um, right. I mean, at some have, point too, with those kind of. With those kind of implementations, I, I don't care who thinks differently. They will start scaling back. It, it might not be necessarily flexibility out of the gate, but they will start scaling back how many people can be on the platform, period. Yeah, 100%. I, I heard that in the last podcast, and I was just like smiling and agreeing. <laughs> I mean, there's just yeah, no 100%. way. There's yeah. just there's no way around it. I mean, I was saying that here when they passed AB5. I was like, if Proposition 22 doesn't pass, they're not just going to let all these million gig workers on the platform every day. You can't yeah, so just I heard sit at home. Along and- the lines of they're going to be paying as long as you're accepting trips, you're going to get paid like a minimum minimum hourly fare. But this is the problem. These are the same drivers who want to sit in what we like our main airport here, London Heathrow. They want to sit there for two to three hours yeah. <laughs> and wait for a trip that could go 10, 15 miles. It's like what? 
No, Man, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how it is there, but our our uh, we call it a staging lot here at Denver International, and Denver International is a, a monster airport. It's become one of the biggest in the country, um, so it can fit about three hundred cars, right? Oh, that's the same. Yeah, so we have uh, about lift about three hundred uh, lifted Ubers. Yeah, and it's gated, and it's a little ways away. And you wait, you come in, you got your spot in line. And same thing. I mean, on certain days, you could wait three, four hours. Yeah. And some of these guys get out and like play music and stretch. The thing's open yeah. 24 hours. There are like some yeah. broke down vans in the back where people live. <laughs> I mean, it's a ama- It's just such a nightmare in there that first of all, I would never wait more than 10 minutes. And yeah. I know and I know tricks, too. I know that if I drop off at the airport, I know to go if I don't get a reroute within the first one minute that's what we call it when you drop off you have two minutes that you might get a reroute yeah we get like a rematch yeah yeah a rematch or whatever so um then so if you get that great if you don't i always just when you exit to go and then you have to go this to the left to go to the staging lot i'd go to the right take another right and park in front of the eight uh um rental cars okay because there's always somebody in a rental car that needs to get to the airport who doesn't want to wait on the rental car bus always. Yeah. <laughs> and then that puts me back in the, the queue for a rematch. Yeah. So if we got caught doing that, we'd be like, it's our things are regulated here. We license gone. So no, nobody risks it. Really? It's, yeah. It's very, so would they catch you? Uh, so we have uh, the, the TFL officers waiting at the uh, terminal drop-off points at times. So okay. if you can't show okay. them the booking, Oh, yeah. I see. Your I see. So that's why another one of the things I want to talk about is comparing our like sign up processes. Because how it's led to believe is that in America it's far easier to sign up as an Uber driver than it is here. So our sign up process here can take if you're like a brand new driver, it can take from like three to nine months to sign up. Oh yeah, ours is like but, three to nine days. Yeah. So here we have to go. <laughs> so we apply for the license through TFL, we have to do a medical at our doctors, um, an eye test. Yeah. We have to do those. We have to do those every two years too. Um, we do an enhanced background check and the drivers now have to do something called a topographical test, which is to show that you can read a map and use a sat nav and some safety training. We don't do any of that and see that we don't do that because we're independent contractors and because of the big controversy of AB5, this is, a pro Uber, this is to do with TFL who control all right. the in London. So. Right. And for whatever reason, whatever does that for the cab companies, we're not required to go into them. Our background checks are run through an app called Checker. Yeah. <laughs> now, ours are enhanced and can take a long time. Like for food delivery, it's a basic background check. For the drive-in side of things, it's... Well, that makes sense that you guys are doing it through the through this TFL then, because that's a separate entity. Uber and Lyft can't even provide us a training video. Yeah, (laughs) I I heard you mention something along those lines. Yeah, we weren't. If if they do, if they do, if they do, they immediately lose. They will lose every case, and that'll be New Jersey, Washington State, Massachusetts, California, AB five, the Pro Act, which is the entire country, because they will have proven they are employers. That's but we had to like watch like a ton of videos for like Uber Paul and all sorts. Just nope. <laughs> they can't. In fact, that's why the YouTube community got so huge here was because okay. people wanted some information. Well, how, I mean, you'd literally you'd submit to Uber, you'd get an email back saying we're running your background check. A few days later, you get another one. They're like, and they just have a link that says download the app here. You download it, and then you're just looking at it. And another when you question launch I did it, want to ask. Nothing. 
um, insurance for the cars. So I, I've seen some people mention, obviously, you can, you can get ride share insurance, but is it mandatory on your apps? You have to have insurance. And again, they can't tell you. Uh, this one is, is a kicker because they can't tell you you need commercial insurance oh, to do yeah, this. It, you have to. It's one of the things. Right. Well, here, here you have to if you don't want to get sued for money that you'll never have and you'll owe the rest of your life and be screwed. Is that if you have an accident or what, whatever? I mean, anything that goes wrong while you're on the platform, if you don't have commercial insurance, but okay. they won't tell you this. You can even call Uber here. They won't tell you this. That's crazy. <laughs> They're trained not to say anything about it because they can't tell you how to do your job. Well, no, here you, you have to have your insurance. And we, our- well, here you, that's the thing. Here you do too, but nobody tells you. Okay, yeah, here it's made like you you can't go online if you don't have it. Yeah, I mean, it's so like people, you, people have, have insurance. Have if you don't have it, it's not a problem, kind of not, not a problem, but if you don't have it, you can carry on. Here, if you don't have it and upload the insurance certificate and it's not approved, you can't go online. Right. Well, here it's, I consider here even, but way worse because here they, they don't tell you, you get online. So for your average people, you know, they're starting up and unless somebody, told them all of this beforehand yeah, that's like crazy. hey you're going to need commercial insurance make sure you get that like a friend or something that's signing you up but if if you just have your insurance and, and you're like okay and uber's telling you just turn the app on you really like it's it's very um oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, no but this shouldn't even be allowed because they don't know better yeah yeah they shouldn't yeah that's you know and well, uber's well, letting them uber's letting them turn on by just uploading that they have vehicle insurance Oh, see, no, ours goes through checks to make sure that it's um, what we call hire and reward insurance. Which is so, probably the same as our commercial insurance. And we have to have that for the food delivery too, technically. Yep. So there's yep. a lot of people in this country who work on bicycle accounts, but they work in their car or scooter. But Right. Lately, I've been I'm working legit. a lot. I've been working a lot of my sponsors app, uh, Curry. Yeah, I've so heard you talk it's, it. Yeah, it's a last mile delivery service to construction sites. Um, so it's a lot of that kind of stuff. So I like not having people and food in the car right now. It's kind of nice. Yeah. And the pay is unbelievable, but, um, but you have to have it for that too. Yeah. And I mean, again, now we're just talking about, you know, like a couple things of paint or, you know, some wrenches in your car again. And if you're moving anything, you got to have it here. You got to have commercial insurance. A lot of the, um, last mile companies in London now are going cargo bikes and e-bikes. Oh, nice. They're very big at the minute. In, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's again TFL. So as I said, London is a big circle if you look at it on a map. And so we have like what we call London Underground, which is similar to a subway. I don't know if you have it in Colorado or not. But so we're broken down into zones. So central London is zone one, and then you've got zone two, and we go out to zone six. Um, I'm zone five to give reference. Zone one they have what we call a congestion charge, which is a TFL tax, essentially. Um, if you drive into this zone between, well, it was Monday to Friday, uh, 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. And if you drove in there without a hybrid or an electric vehicle or a motorbike, you had to pay, I think it was like £12.50, which is about $15, say, for a give right. or take. So that was okay at first. That was like the first one they brought in. I like to work night shifts a lot of the time or early morning. So I could tend to avoid those kind of charges. Um, and then they expanded the, oh, oh so the congestion and you're in charge. your zones. So, 
which yeah, by the so way, the which by the way, I got I got to say this. I know this is a, here's why I've actually been to London to do shows with with artists um, nice. a, a handful of times actually, but I actually know the zones because of the movie uh, Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that horror movie. I've I've heard of it. I've not seen it, but well, they oh so they're I mean it's apocalyptic London. Yeah. And it's uh, and they're having to like they're they're holding a map, and it's you you, you were yeah. just talking about it. I, they're holding the six zones, so I was like yeah. imagining that part in the movie, so I can totally imagine it. it's kind of funny. So yeah, just to go through like the taxes we go through, yeah. So they expanded the congestion charge from the seven a.m. till six p.m. Monday, Friday. They changed it from that to Monday to Sunday, and it was uh, seven a.m. till ten p.m. So that took like a big hit on my night shift work um but then they also brought in what we call again it's tfl ultra low emission zone so now our cars get broken down into stages of like euro six euro five four and so on but euro six being the newest and for example if you had a euro five diesel or older you would have to pay uh, i think it's 11 pound 50 to drive into this zone and if you if your petrol was a certain age, again, you pay this tax. But they've just expanded this from zone one now, the ultra low emission zone, out to zone four. And that happened on the 25th of October, I think it was. So now a lot of people have been having to try and sell their cars. People, they're trying to get people to go electric. And it's just so it's a bit chaotic in London at the moment. <laughs> you pay it once a day? Uh it would if you go into those zones, yes. You can set up auto pay. So does does Uber, does Uber pay those fees? Um, so from when I was working previously, if you have a passenger and you go into zone one, they would add an extra pound. And there would also be like a clean air fee, which is pennies. It's not so they the weren't paying the whole amount. No, the passengers weren't, no. Or Uber wasn't either. So you'd either try and avoid the trip going into that zone if you didn't want to go in there at all, or once you've been in there once, you hope that. Well, it's not that you hope, but you you're going to make a full day of this, and you you. But again, you could claim it as an expense at some point later down the line. But it's I know, more but money. like here, like we have airport fees, this, that, the other, and Uber removes those. Yeah. So it doesn't affect so we get, our uh, base pay. Yeah. So airport fees, if we drop off, um, well, it's usually the drop off was free. There was a couple of airports that were free, some that you had to pay, but now all of them are paid to drop off and paid to pick up and the customer will be charged for that. So that's okay. Right. But, same. Well, okay. So around all of Denver, how you were saying there's a big highway, we have a, um, uh, 470 highway 470. that goes all the way around. It's a toll road. Um, yeah. if you happen to use that toll road, they'll reimburse those fees. Yeah. So we don't have toll roads. Uh, we have. Well, I'm comparing so, the toll road to like what you were saying, moving into zones. Yeah. Kind of essentially. Yeah. But they can't, they can't charge a customer one or two. Cause again, Uber then trying to push you to get an electric vehicle or one that doesn't have any of these charges. So. Right. This is one of the things that Dara has been fighting. Well, not fighting, but trying to push for and go green. And it's just like a big thing they have going on here at the moment. Well, so. of course. And we have the, there's the summit meetings and the, all this going on too. So it's just that time, but, but I mean, you, you guys do seem to take, and I mean, I mean, good for London. If it works, it just sucks to me that it hurts like the use the, the people doing the daily grind. But I mean, like in my opinion, you know, we want to be EV here friendly here too, but 
you know, a few things. We're not completely there yet. You know, people yeah, aren't ready to yeah. all to all move over to EV cars and we're not prepared for that. We don't have charging stations. Nothing's in place to do this. I can't have a, I can't charge my car at home. There's a like, there's a pathway down to my house. I live in something called like a cul-de-sac. I can't park right outside my house. Where do you want me to charge the car? <laughs> right. So, and you don't have, you don't have, the, you don't the have garage. Charge. No, I, I can't access my house with the car. Okay. So, is that pretty? Uh, is that also, pretty common to have houses yeah. that don't have? Oh, yeah. Very common, yeah. Especially so, in London. Where does everybody put their car? Uh, some people park. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not laughs> some people like we have a lot of like what we call residential parking. You have to have a permit. Uh, okay. You park in the road or like on the pavement in like selected spacing. Okay. Some people apartments may park underground. Um, but a lot of Sometimes times, a lot, a lot of people aren't able to park at their house. Yeah, first come, first serve. If you get close to your house or not, essentially. Right. Yeah. Some nights when it's raining, I've had to park like a, a two minute walk from my house. <laughs> so on your YouTube channel, um, I was I just pulled it up again. I mean, I've seen it a couple times, but I see that now it's a one one point zero nine k subscribers. Yeah, so not only did you go over the thousand, <laughs> but it looks like you're at like what is that another ninety now. So, yeah, I'm on like, I think you're, well, I'm, I'm, I think you're 90 over. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, as I was as I was approaching the 1,000, um, a YouTuber here who I'm good friends with called London Eats, um, he has like 25,000 subscribers or something now. He posted on his community tab, and Joe Gig, I think he's Florida yeah, yeah. based, yeah. he posted yeah. as well, and it just jumped up like a 100, 200. Oh so, wow! They gave me a little push at the end. <laughs> um. So on, so, so on your videos, you you're using a pretty awesome camera. Uh, so GoPro Hero. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this is part of your photography thing that you're doing. Well, I mean, more than more I, than I, most I of our I people. I, I want to upgrade it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, so it's a GoPro. Which which GoPro is it? It's a Hero Eight. Okay, but I mean, like I'm watching it right now, and I mean, like it's 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 pretty clean video. I mean, no, it's not too bad. The, the thing, so I think one of the especially in like London and Europe, quite a lot of people use GoPros to film. I don't want to get too technical, but we have like all, there's a load of different camera settings that you may have seen over the time. Um, with the GoPro, you have to film in something called 60 frames per second. Essentially, if you don't want to use any filters on the front. I have three GoPros here. Yeah. So if you, I'm, if you I'm, I'm a back, I'm a back country <laughs> snowboarder, man. That's why I live in, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm from Michigan. That's why I live in Colorado for the last 20 years. I've been snowboarding for 30 Basically, years. So. YouTube destroy the typical GoPro <laughs> footage because if you upload to go uh, to YouTube in 60 frames per second, they compress the video heavily to like 720p, right. 1080p at max, where you might film in 2.7 or 4k. Right. The viewers are not seeing that. So it's annoying. It's one of my pet hates with. Well, so one of my, okay. So this is, this is kind of interesting then since, since you have a background in this, one of my friends is Tremaine Hayhoe who owns Hayhoe Studios in, um, in Los Angeles, which yep. is a movie studio. It's an independent movie studio. And he made a movie called the rideshare movie and it's on YouTube and it says in 4k. Yeah. How's that? As, what he say? It was filmed on a GoPro. No, 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 no. But how is he getting four K? Oh, yeah, so you can you can up you can you can upload to YouTube in four K, but it has to be at like uh, 24, 25, or thirty frames per second. 
Oh, I see. So you can film on a GoPro in those settings, but you have right. to use something called an ND filter because otherwise it's going to be too bright at daytime. It's, right. If you get into like the manual settings and film how you're technically supposed to, right? It's, it's a lot. That's of that's what I was GoPro just trying to get at, though. Right. I, that was for my own curiosity, not for yeah. the, not for you <laughs> listeners. That was for me. I get a second here for me, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm always but, welcome if people ever want help with camera stuff. I always get people asking. Right. Well, I know I was just interested because I, you know, I've done Avalanche one, and I'm I was supposed to do Avalanche two this this last year, but COVID pushed me, and now I don't even know if I'll get in this year, next year at the latest. But I'm I'm trying to get my uh, search and rescue backcountry certification. Nice. I've been uh, I've been uh, skiing once. I wanted to do snowboarding, <laughs> but I ended up being skiing. But I went in Austria. Right. Very nice. I mean, part of living in Denver is that, you know, you can be up to Summit County in an hour. And there's I watched breath. a documentary the other day. Uh, there's a, like a 100 mile marathon in Leadville. Yep. And yeah, we have all kinds of that crazy stuff. We have people that uh, run mules alongside of them. We have like the biggest <laughs> one of those in the country and huge rides. I mean, we the Rockies are great. Um, but one of the things I like about your videos, too, and I, I actually have seen other comments on this, too is that uh, it's just fun watching you go through the streets of London, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because we, like we don't live there, you know, it's kind yeah, of cool. Of to... I would like to do more because, as I said, I live further out of London and I just work in my local area. I don't, for me personally, for the food delivery, I don't feel it's beneficial to go into central London. It's just no, by the time I drive there and back and... For me, it's just not worth no, the time. And but with, and with the fees you said, I, I don't really see why. Well, on, the, on the scooter, I don't have to pay the fees. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. But it's um, when I get back to doing the Uber driving, I will be in central London a majority of the time. But because it's so heavily regulated, have to be careful how you do the filming. I can't have no passengers on camera. You can't hear them. Right. So it's going to be earning videos, but I'm going to show my, I'm going to show some footage of driving around London in just. Just so you know, um, without written permission from the from the passenger here in the United States, you can't yeah. show them either. Okay. And everybody does. Oh no! So, yeah, it's GDPR. So basically, and stuff. basically it's... what a lot of that stuff is doing is breaking the law. Yeah, and a lot of those people have had their channels shut down. Some of those people have been prosecuted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not a lot of what you're seeing, especially like if you just Google search or YouTube search it and you're seeing a lot of those older ones too, those aren't allowed. And those have all been ripped down and then they get reposted by other people or whatever. And yeah. so they keep turning up, but they're not, you're not supposed to, we're not supposed to be doing that. We yeah, never were. I mean, I probably wouldn't like it as a passenger if I was put on a video without permission. And I mean, there so, was a, there was a person in Vegas who was doing a 10 hour, this was about three years ago was doing 10 hour live feeds from his like live from his ride uh, of whatever happened, no matter how yeah. bad it got. So it went, it went way beyond bad rating kind of thing. Like there was some yeah. serious stuff going down and this guy got prosecuted. He actually got sent to jail. Wow. Um, he didn't just have fines and get his account shut down he actually had to go to jail because hey, there see, was look, thing that i think is kind of different here so i i've got a video on the channel um i met up with another youtuber called wilson who's uh, la based and works in downtown la and i went out doing some food deliveries with him here i'll knock on a customer's door and pass them the food i done that to one of his customers i knocked on the door and was waiting he was like no you just put it on the doormat and walk away and i'm like what <laughs> here yeah. i passed the food I, blur, I, like, I put a big blur over the screen so you can't see the customer or anything. 
um if they're on the camera kind of thing i try and hide the camera but yeah here it's just it's crazy how different things work yeah so similar but so different at times it is um and yeah i mean that's that's part of that's part of the fun of having you on is that you know you you're giving us such a different view of like what things are like and we're going through so much craziness with the gig economy that we all know that you know if unless we all want to accept a union type status or a a pro act or AB five type status, which none of us do. We all know that there's some regulations coming down the tube. However, however, we should be, you know, that's just something that shouldn't shock you. In my opinion, it shouldn't shock you that there's some regulations coming. Of course, everything's regulated. (laughs) They just haven't done it yet with us, but you should, we should all expect it. I mean, an example to the listeners is listen to what uh, Grant's saying here today is that, you know, they've already had regulations in place forever with the, with the yeah. TFL. I mean, they didn't even weren't even allowed to start until that was done. I mean, Uber here was just allowed to go, hey, we're going to let people drive their cars and pick up strangers and take them wherever. Is that cool? Oh, and yeah. the governments are like, well, you're going to give us a bunch of money, right? And they're like, yeah. And then they're like, well, then it's cool. So even here, even furthermore, we've like the regulation side of things. We get from TFL, we get a badge. We have to be wearing that. So it has like an ID number on, photograph hologram all of that stuff and if you if you get pulled over by one of the compliance officers at like a check-in point and you're not wearing it license can be revoked yeah and i'm sure that you've seen all the news here where drunk people get into the wrong cars yeah 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 and we end up taking them too and then some get killed some get raped some some kill or rape the driver we get a lot of that kind of problem and so there's an example i would i would think you know i might be wrong but where having that is a major advantage because you ever have like pins that you have to put in for the, to make we've sure we've tried have right- everything. We've tried this thing. We tried a campaign called say my name. That thing blew up backwards. We tried that. You had to like check the license plate and verify it with a check. We've tried that. Uh, and then there was a warning about when you get in, make sure the child locks aren't on the door. I'm oh, sorry, but crazy. people that are drinking aren't like looking at your door to make sure yeah, the plastic yeah. child locks on. You know, so the things we've tried here are just to me, every time they launch one, I'm just like, that's dumber than the last one. <laughs> you know, like, what are you even doing? Because like what yeah, you're so talking you about, what you're me. talking about is the way to go. It's kind of a proof like, hey, this is me. If somebody was drunk, been a lot and of thrown here about a lot of like Uber drivers and so on, um, especially you, you get a lot of like backlash from the taxi drivers here. The taxi trade in London oh, is very yeah. strong, has been for years. Yeah, we like Uber. But the thing, uh, one of the things I I say I disagree with is Uber takes all of the heat, but we have a bunch of other apps. So we have like Ola, Bolt, Freenow. You don't hear anything about those apps. It's always Uber because they're the biggest. That's. Do you do you use uh, Maximo? I'm not sure. I don't know what that Oof. is. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you onto a gold mine right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Our friend Gary Middleton, uh, Middleton Technologies in Florida, um, yep. he has three apps. He has a thing called uh, uh, Flex Alert. He has the DUH, which is the Driver Utility Hub, and he has Maximo. And Maximo allows you to set all, and he has it set, and it works for Ola. It works for Bolt. He has it working for all the companies where you are. He's okay. worldwide. The only the only country he's not in is China. Um. Right. I but I mean, oddly, he's everywhere else. He's anywhere else that ride share of any platform exists. He's there. 
And uh, what you do is you set all of the parameters you want. I only want trips that pay this much. I only want trips that are going this wow. many miles. I only <laughs> want this. And it will only show you those. Wow. Okay. Um, he has a free version for Maximo. And then he has a $5 a month version. I mean, everybody here that everybody here. Uses month is nothing. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, there's another one maestro too, but they're, you know, they went through a major, there was some shadiness in the company and it kind of fell apart. And then another guy bought it during the pandemic and he's, it's just never been the same, but Gary's been around since 2014. No, that similar to that para app. I think I've heard a lot of like the Americans talking about para. That's me. Oh, that's you. Okay, so how? What is? I, I'm, I'm one of the. I'm one of the four people that started Para. So what we were okay. doing was creating. We were providing complete. We still are around doing things of that nature. We're doing mileage tracking now, and we're working with some other things that that can I help you. Like well back. <laughs> yeah, but what we were doing, what we were doing that we got in that that was our the reason that was the the reason you probably heard of us was we were doing complete transparency on DoorDash. So DoorDash here will say, here's an order for you. It's, you know, here your base pay is going to be $2 and there is a tip of $3 or more. Okay, yeah. And and they kept moving that number around, but that or more was ticking us off so much. And we're a four-man group. There's three of us in, Cal- in, in San Francisco and me in Denver. And uh, we just had one of our guys get into the code there. He just kind of ran across some stuff. And we pulled from the ape. We were scraping the API and we pulled down. Uh, so if you had the Para app running and you had the DoorDash app running and you had DoorDash on your screen, you could have Para in the background. When an, when an order came through and you had 30 seconds to accept that order, a drop down would come within two seconds saying you will be traveling uh, 6.8 miles. That means uh, from where you are to the restaurant, to the drop off. So okay. now, you know, the miles, which, sure. which they weren't telling you 6.8 miles. And it said, your order total is this, your tip is this. And we were showing the full tip amount. Wow. Okay. So people That's were just cool. sitting around, cool. people were making 15 times what they were without it. So here's one for you. So in the UK, I think they've just brought it in. So obviously you might class it as Europe. Obviously you have uh, Amsterdam in Netherlands. They've just had their up, app updated for drivers, luckily. So hopefully it comes to London soon. Um, so on Uber Eats, if I get a trip request come in, all I see is which restaurant it's from. And then on the map, I will see f- like a, a rough estimate of where it's going to. I won't see earnings, if there's a tip or anything. All we see is restaurant and roughly like rough area of where it's going to. But there's no, you guys don't have an acceptance rate on your side, do you? Or do you? No. They don't even show it to you. They don't even no. bother. See here, they it used to be a thing on the Uber like driving platform, but they sort of like disregarded that. They were just more concerned with cancellation. Right. So what, what they do here is they, on all of the gig apps, all of them, yeah. they have an acceptance rate and it's no. just a fear tactic. They can't, you're an independent yeah, yeah. contractor. They I'm can't fire you based on that. But like you were saying about people being falsely fired. That's one yeah. of the reasons people do get falsely fired. But most of the best dashers I know here in the United States who have done the most, and at times even they've been top dasher or whatever, and they've learned that's not where you make your money. You know, most of the best dashers I know, all of them have under 20% acceptance rate. Yeah, of course. I don't doubt that. Yeah. 
I mean, some of them are in the like two to five percent acceptance rate. Yeah, I was actually driving last time <laughs> I was working, like busy time on a Friday night, and they're queuing out the door at a KFC. I'm like, what? <laughs> why are you? Yeah. Why are you waiting? You're going to be waiting for like a a four or five pound job. It's just, and that's like what six seven dollars call it. It's just crazy on a Friday night when it's the busiest time here, and you're going to wait thirty minutes for. And that was our that was our thing at Paro was that we wanted to. I'm so glad you've heard of Paro over there, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> So the main, reason, the main reason that Perry got some legs though, really was a, that we were showing this full transparency and it's not, that was not our only thing. We're working on so many things right now. We're working with, <clears throat> I know you, you don't have Instacart, but you might have something like it over there where people shop for, yeah, so, you know, your yeah. groceries yeah. and whatnot. So right now we've done a thing where we've paired up with Buffalo market who has like single stands in the grocery store. And if you take a picture uh, do a, an inventory count and reorganize their shelf in the grocery store. We'll pay you 12 bucks while you're there doing an Instacart run. And it takes like five, 10 minutes. Wow. Okay. Because they don't have reps that'll go in to do these single stands and the grocery yeah. store won't do it. <laughs> so they've hired us out. So we're now working with them directly to see if we can be like the account managers virtually. Yeah, of course. Yeah. For these. Sounds good. Yeah. And we're just trying, you know, cause Instacart, people get their batches and they're they you know they work really hard and they just sometimes they don't make much money well this is a way to make 12 extra bucks while you're in that store anyway so we have so i'd say the thing that we have most similar to instacart it's probably nowhere near as popular they say that they've got a big customer base but i don't know it's called delivery so you'd essentially go in you'd pay for the shopping yourself and then have it reimbursed and you have to go do the shopping for them. So that's like, I'll just stay clear completely. Do uh, they do they have your back? Yeah, yeah, like, they do. I mean, Apparently, like if, if like you buy it and you're like, what the heck? And then the guy doesn't pay for it. Do they pay for it? Oh, uh, I think the customer's already paid for it upon order time, but you have to pay for it on your card. And then when okay. you get paid for the trip, you get reimbursed. Things may have changed since, but this was like two or three years ago. Uh, but we have in London quite a lot of like grocery delivery companies who they'll have like a warehouse kind of space in zones like one and two. And they'll again, have people working on e-bikes, cargo bikes, dropping off shopping. I wonder why they don't just do it like Instacart does not. And I hate, I, you don't know how much I hate saying that because I think Instacart's model is just awful. The way that they treat their drivers is awful anyway. Um, But uh, where they just, the customer just pays through the app. I don't know. You I, know, I mean, I, I in would, my, in I my would, mind, would, dude, you should, as a gig worker, you should never be having to pull out your credit card. Yeah. Well, that may have changed now, but at the beginning, I was just like, I'm, I'm not paying for another customer's stuff. <laughs> and that's the only, that's the only one, huh? As far as I know, yeah. I mean, oddly, we have a couple of like else, littler ones, but Instacart is the only one here predominant in the U.S. Too. What has hap- started to happen though is that. Like, um, you know, we have our grocery stores are like Kroger and King Supers and Safeways and stuff. And though they have started to do their own versions of things because they're sick of Instacart. Oh, so for context, my girlfriend lives in California, in Los Angeles. So obviously we're always comparing the difference between things of England and L.A. Um, Our so we have a, um, a supermarket here called Asda, which is owned by Walmart. But all of our uh, main supermarkets here do home delivery. So I don't know if you have that. Right, there. exactly. So those like kind of things are starting of. to come around. And 
Um, yeah, so like the e-bike delivery companies who, again, essentially like the last mile kind of companies, they, I think we have like one called Gorillas, uh, there's one called Getir, there's like uh, Jiffy, and they're kind of trying to get people to come on board and work, but on a employed basis rather than self-employed. So a lot of people are starting to jump over to that now just for a bit of reassurance and yeah, I have friends. Yeah, the it's not for everybody. So Targ, Targ, um, we have a big uh, grocery store slash clothing slash yeah, everything that's, type that's of. Most of ours are like it's called now. Target here in the United States. I've You've probably it, yeah. seen them, yeah. Um, and they're kind of doing the same thing. And the people I know who have switched over to those hate it. Just hate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, would have liked them. They're gig workers who switched over to it, thinking I'm going to give this a try, but found out it's a job. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's like dumb. a report to it job. It's like this is no different than just going out and get. If I'm gonna just go out and get a job, I'll get a better one. Yeah, here you it's know? not. It wouldn't be very. It wouldn't be very good pay. Yes, yeah. it's like kind of bottom of the scale. I mean, do you guys have Amazon Flex there or a version of it? Yes, um, I I did sign up to it when I was driving in the car, passengers, just to try out from time to time. But the thing here with all the residential parking you've got a risk of getting parking fines and we go into a lot of like a uh, apartment blocks, tower blocks here. And I'm just not, I'm not risking it for the sake they of would, the, they would write uh, an Amazon car. Uh, well, we, we, we wouldn't, we can't put like logo branding on and stuff. Oh, so. okay. You can't put anything on it. Okay. Yeah, they, the, the parking ordinance here won't care. <laughs> okay. If your parks, okay. if your parks illegally, you're getting a ticket is for okay. me. It's just the, the risk versus reward is, is not high enough. Right. Yeah. No, I don't know how much your blocks for Amazon Pay. I think here you could get anywhere from say like twenty five to about fifty pounds for like a three hour block kind of thing, depending on the route and right. And that's kind of I think that's kind of the same as what it is here. The thing is, is that you can you're right. They they say here's your three hour block, but I know people who knock that out in an hour twenty. Yeah, yeah. So but you still get paid here, the three hours. Early, but you, you still get paid the three hours late. though. Yeah, here you could go over. And- you won't get paid extra. So yeah, here well, here's same thing. Actually, I know that you don't get that's so like Curry, the company I was talking about, you can do a route ride too instead of hot hot shots, which is which is kind of the same thing. They give you a day's ride and it's usually five or six hours worth of deliveries, but you're gonna get paid for eight hours at twenty-nine dollars an hour. Nice. <laughs> so you get no matter how long it goes, you get twenty-nine dollars an hour times eight hours. So you're getting paid that much at the end of at nine PM that day, it goes into your bank account. So you're paid on a daily basis. And if you go over, it's uh, $40 an hour for every hour over oh. eight. So your $29 is probably around about 21, 22 pound, I guess. Just, that's good. It's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, the overtime too, like I said. And did you get tips on that as well? Or no, no saying? tips. I asked, you didn't say it's like construction. But on the route ride, you're driving a 26 foot box truck. And okay. it's not your vehicle. Okay. So it's not your gas. It's not your vehicle. Yeah, nice. I mean, so it's, it makes it really nice. Yeah. Oh, so our, uh, well, we call it petrol. We don't call it gas here, but our prices are, <laughs> uh, are high compared to yours for sure. I know at the minute California has some very high pricing, but I think what California's highest points are at the moment are like $7 a gallon is like our normal everyday price in here. So your normal price during the so pandemic. we don't price so we we don't fill up and price it as in gallons we we 
Like if I was to ask somebody how much petrol is it at the moment, we'd say, for example, it's one pound forty-seven a liter, and I think there's like three point four liters in a US gallon, something along those lines. So I've seen some of the yeah. gas prices all over America, and I'm just like, I need. <laughs> but is We've that so? So even price. what you're even what you're seeing though in California, that's even high for California. First of all, the yeah, seven eighty nine like, like, is a very remote town, like. California is running high. It's running close to six, five and a half, six dollars a gallon in like San Francisco and LA. Yeah. So let's well, use the cities. Out, like, we pay around forty percent more than the, an average price in California. Like when it's around about five dollars, even pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's just. I mean, that's just. It's gone up slightly. I think pre-pandemic it was probably around about one thirty-five. And at the minute, it's gone up to about one forty-four. It does fluctuate. It depends on the okay, picture. but not a lot. See, that's what I'm saying. We've seen, you know, since since uh, January, since since the Biden administration, and this isn't getting political. I'm just being honest. And this is something that, whether you're a Democrat or Republican here in the in the United States, I don't get political on here on my views. But bottom line, we all know it's a fact that when Democrats are in office, gas prices go up. So. Yes. Um, uh, that's k- kind of part of it too, is you know, we Our shut down the pipelines. It's very heavily taxed here. And we're really like convinced that we're at a point where we're ready to go completely electric and everything's gonna be fine. And we're still gas dependent, and that's the problem. Yeah. Um, Stay you know, heavy. we shut yeah, we shut down the pipelines. And you know, I mean, maybe it's their way of like wanting to get to gas independence quicker, but to me, it's the technology isn't there. So we have uh, the leader of like of Transport for London is Sadiq Khan, and I think he wants Zone One of London to be electric only by 2025. So, well, and that's we say those kind of things. I mean, do you see that a lot? We see the, say those kind of things. Oh yeah, we see it all the time. time and then he, we don't, he, and then we don't make it, and we get to 2025, and they're like, yeah, it's gonna be 2028. Well, I, I thought when he first started talking about it, when I first signed up as Uber and obviously started to take more notice of these kind of things, I thought the same kind of thing. But then the zones came in and the zones have been expanded and they're pushing, pushing, pushing constantly for electric. Like if you have, there's, we have a lot of diesels in the UK. I don't know if you do have many of them out there, but now if you all pay of, all of our trucks, we have a lot of cars that are diesel here. Oh, uh, yeah. But then again, they're trying to push those out now. It was like the big thing to have 10 years ago. And now there's a tax on them because they're so bad for the environment. But that's another political story. Um, if you pay to park in London with a diesel, you get a surcharge. So it's like they've just they they just find so many different ways to tax a car driver, especially diesel drivers. My first car was a diesel that I was using for Uber because it's yeah better on fuel essentially. So right. So one thing I got to ask you how how on earth is your girlfriend in LA and you're in London? <laughs> well, I met her when I was on a work trip in Los Angeles. So um, when I stopped working on the passenger driving full-time, I was working for my friend's company who took out an American franchise called Chemical Guys. And we had to fly out to Los Angeles for some uh, training at the headquarters. And again, it was through my photography. I asked my friends, I do a lot of photography of modified cars. I asked some people on my Facebook if anyone has any friends or connections in Los Angeles for a car. I got talking to a, a girl who I'm now friends with, who my girlfriend is friends with. Um, long story short, end up getting talking to now my girlfriend. Went on a date to Santa Monica Pier and <laughs> next week okay. we know. 
But I mean, so what's the long term? Do you guys have any kind of my long term plan? Or like, do you guys have like an idea of somehow being in the same place at one yeah, point? Yeah, <laughs> me, me to move out. Me to move out to America. So first, it would be oh. to move to California, but eventually to move out of California as well. It's so for you to give up living in London, but for her to give up living in California. Well, she would like to move to Texas, I think. So oh, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, oddly, everybody's leaving California. I don't know. What, I don't know how much about you that. No, the, I mean, I go to LA and I like it out there, but to live, it's, it seems so expensive. So I just mean since the last two years too. I mean, they've just really pushed their people away. People are yeah. leaving in droves here in Colorado. We get a lot of them anyway, but they've been coming here by the mass. I, was gonna, I think I heard on your one of your podcasts you said a lot of people have moved from California to Colorado. Oh, I was going. I was hoping yeah. you to catch the one where I said, you know, stop coming here because yeah. it was one of my podcasts. I'm like, we don't want you. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we have like funny memes and signs up around the state like about it too like we're just being Colorado (laughs) on the Rockies and it's like you know stop moving here we hate you or that's probably the people outside of London where people are moving out of London because it's too expensive they're moving (laughs) within like travel like travel distance on a train but they're moving out to like the small towns outside of London and people just don't like it so yeah um so yeah, if you're not if you're not watching uh, Grant's channel, um, you need to start because so many people that listen to the podcast um, do watch a lot of the gig creators, and I know that maybe you just haven't stumbled upon it because it probably doesn't come up in your feed unless you've like watched one or not because he's in London. How even though he's doing the same type of thing, but you need to get on this and watch it because. It's just a, it's, it's, I don't know, for me at least, and I know a lot of my podcast listeners feel the same. They always wonder what's going on around the world with these. Like, it's a perfect example of what I'm watching one right now, you know, the one that's on his landing page. And it's, um, you know, it's, it, it's the, the, the one is a, a day on delivery, 8.5 yeah. hours, <laughs> London moped. You know, I'm, I'm just sitting watching the little screen and it's pretty cool. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely different. It's like our ride alongs, but you're getting to see London, you're getting to see what he does. And, uh, Obviously, he has a very good understanding of the gig economy. So I'm really, I'm really happy you could be on today. I wish you had your tips, though. <laughs> um, can you can you give us the uh, elevator pitch plug? The for all of your stuff, like where can people find you? Um, I have a Facebook page, even though I barely use it. I've heard you talking about Facebook on your podcast, <laughs> uh, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, Twitter. It's all Gig Guy Grant. It's okay. No one else uh, has that name, luckily. So all okay. My, uh, but YouTube's your primary. Yeah, YouTube's where I'm at mainly. Yeah, right. So, the- so you got it, you guys. I'm gonna put it all in the show notes. But you got to find him on uh, YouTube for sure. He's absolutely worth uh, checking out his stuff. And uh, I'm I'm actually after talking with him today, I'm actually really glad that he's of knowledge of everything going on over there. Because you know, I always like talking to people over there because we yeah. see news over here, and I always want to kind of talk to somebody over there and see if it's true. Yeah. You know, well, I also like, heard on. Um, your what was his name? Morad, sorry. Um, yeah. Where he said drivers were having to, uh, I think, agree to the new contract or something if they didn't drive for a little while through the pandemic. Right. I have to admit, when I first heard it, I was a bit like, "That sounds crazy. That can't be real." But I, I receive emails constantly from Uber at the minute about come back as a driver, get these rates. And at the bottom of one of the emails, it says that you may, uh, you may have to agree to new terms. I was like, "Wow, well, okay." 
I think the so, new terms were the facial recognition, which is fair. Yeah, so I, again, that was another thing I heard you talking about. And again, I don't, I, I don't want it to sound political. It, I'm, I'm a white male, so obviously you said it's the women no, and people I mean, minorities who having the issue. So it's easy for me to say, I guess. But if you know you're having problems, possibly with the facial recognition, and it's your, if you're reliant on this work to pay your bills, don't risk a computer doing it. Yeah, you because what? It, so when you see that screen come up you it says you can either have a human verification but it takes five to ten minutes or you can have an instant one through the computer system which you were saying with microsoft yep. but if you know you're dependent on that money just wait the five ten minutes it probably won't even take that long and do a human verification i would say it's it's if you know the well, system that's and that's what he, that's what he was saying too again we have a little there's a little language barrier but i've talked to him a yeah. few times so the last time that he was on, which is the one I think you were listening to, oddly was probably probably the best one of our communications too. Yeah. So I started understanding how he's talking and what he means. Yeah. Um, so I just there was a little dialogue there, but um, sometimes I I think that he might give an answer that or he's given an answer that isn't he's not giving incorrect answer. He's reading my question. Oh, right I understood right. what he was saying. Hence why I said I think he was he doesn't have the same views that you do. He's agreeing with what's happening, whereas you don't, and you're giving him the negatives right. of what can happen. And he's like, <laughs> "No, but we're gonna we're gonna be good." So I think he was just trying to keep the peace right. somewhat and just let it be. Yeah. But again, I can't if that's what a driver wants. Fair enough, but it's just not what that's I how, want. That's how I feel too. I have people on all the time who who do want that because I want to know why they want it. My YouTube channel wants I'm back driving because. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I mean, uh, like, I'll air my thoughts once I know. Once I'm back in into the stick of it like into the middle of everything and it's and it can possibly affect me i will be airing my views and i can have a bit more knowledge of the exact happenings so yeah well he's so yeah i mean what just to hit on that though too like he i think that part of him was he was excited yes he like you said he was excited about it and this is part of my worry is that he was excited about it like a lot of people that i talked to like around ab5 who were like Listen, we're going to get this is a floor payment. So we're at least getting that much. We're going to get expenses. We can just pick our rides, sit at home. I'm like, no, there's well, Uber either going to go bankrupt or they're going to limit the number of drivers. Right. So. You, they're going to take the million drivers down to 100,000. You're yeah. going to have the first time well, you miss, so the first time I, you don't I, accept I, this one. I want, it to like, I want it to clear up. So in London, I think there is around about 100,000 private hire drivers. Now, these don't all work for Uber, some work as chauffeurs. A bunch of them work for Addison Lee, the company I mentioned, who can do PAYE. Some do work for Uber. Some are full-time. Some aren't. So it's not directly 100000 for Uber. But um, he also mentioned about some of the perks we get. So we have, like, insurance if we're injured on the job or if we're ill. That's not covered directly through well, – it is kind of covered through Uber, but it's through a company called AXA, who are a big insurance company. Um, and then he mentioned, like, a gym membership. It's not that we get a gym membership for free from Uber. We can pay a company at a discounted rate who right. offer you gym sessions at a random gym from time to time. It's not like you're getting a monthly right. month membership from Uber directly. So there was a couple of things I wanted to. Well, and of- that's and that's that's actually kind of where I'm going with this too. Is that because um, I don't even think right now I've been in touch with him. He's taking a, a minute off the. He's taking a time out yeah. from gig work uh, right now, um, but he he appeared to me to be like i'm oh this this new this new thing's coming in it's going to be great and it's like a lot of people i've talked to who when i 
propose the harder questions like, you know, your flex time's gone. No, no, they said it won't be. Okay, yeah. well, they are wrong. Something has, something, <laughs> has to give, something has to give at some point. You're, they're going to push Uber to either bankruptcy or they're going to limit the number of drivers massively because these drivers just want to go online on for the typical nine to five hours. And it's... it's it, well, so, I mean, like, let's let's look at what Uber did in California. They said, if we're forced to do AB5, because after AB5 passed around, like, March, they said, okay, now it's time. You need to start obeying this. And they said, you have till midnight Friday. And it was, like, on a Thursday. I remember this. And it was, like, 11.59. And they had, uh, Uber had threatened this. They said, 11.59, Uber and Lyft were both leaving California. They were going to shut down the platform, close the state, and leave. And they said, because of prop 22 was going to be voted on in November. They said, till that vote happens, we're not following this stupid AB five law. No way we'll leave. And this at like midnight, right on the nose, this, the, the state stepped in and said, okay, we can't afford to have you disrupt the transportation system. You're too big of a part of it. We need you here. We'll let you stay till then. So, but what happened, all these people are so convinced that you're going to make you know, you're going to at least get $17 an hour. You might get 50 an hour, like, and you can just sit on your couch. And honestly, I've, I, not maybe that far, but a lot of people really believe in that. They really believe that's a, a way that things could work. No. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing on anybody, but I think Morad might've fallen into that zone where he hadn't really been through a union or had a full understanding of it. And he was just psyched on their, on their pitch. That's what I said about the brainwashing earlier. I've I've seen it all. I had to leave like the face. I was like part of the Facebook groups and stuff before, and it's just right. not for me. And that's what I'm gonna say. That's, that's what I think <laughs> happens though with Some a lot of people. Like it. Fair play to Morad if that's what he likes, but I'm. It's, it sounds like you and I have like. the same. It sounds like you and I have the exact same feeling of it. Like, gosh, guys, you're not. You're. I mean, you don't even have to study it. Just take it home and think about it. Does this make yeah. sense to you that they're going to be able? I to like to be able this. to go on work in the morning or go work a night shift if I want. I don't want Uber to tell me when I can work or I think one of the things they was looking at before, as I said, I was part of the Uber engage. This whole call process has been going on for years. So they would ask us for feedback. Um, They were saying like, possibly if this does happen and it does get pushed into like where they can't move anymore, drivers will have to accept all jobs if they want to be paid per hour kind of thing. And it's like, it's going to start getting very, obviously that, that hasn't came into effect yet. And hopefully it never does, but it, they're going to have to try and push that kind of motion in at some point if it does keep getting pushed for more and more rights and hourly pay. And it's there's yeah. far better pay in hourly jobs out there. That's all I can think of. If I was being and paid that's, hourly, and that's, I and that's what I that's I don't know if you listened to any of the podcasts where I said that, but I for I mean many 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 on top of each other. I was saying every time we brought this up, I was like, listen, if you want minimum wage. And health benefits, and that's your big goal. Walk out the door, turn to the left or right, walk a block, and get a job. You'll start tonight. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, right, right now we have we have nobody in the workforce, and they're paying better than ever. So if you want an hourly rate, a schedule, a boss, and and health benefits, walk out the door and walk a block. You'll get a job, and you'll and unlike other times in the world, you'll be hired to meet. You might start that night. Yeah, yeah. In London, you if you want like. A, a low-end scale paying job kind of thing you can start you can do warehouse work and be paye and have all the benefits within days like yeah. you can go work for amazon and earn 
hired a minimum wage and be hired the same day if you wanted almost. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it, it's, I feel like those people are fighting for something that's already there. They just don't want to do the job. Like they're like, yeah, but I don't want to work a job. I'm like, well, what do you think it's going to be well, This is it. under yeah, a but- union? And this is, and they've said, well, we'll be able to do what we want. We already know for a fact that Uber was looking, Uber specifically was looking that if they did stay in California, they were going to move to the franchise model. So wow. they were going to take like a city, like let's say Sacramento, because that was their study one. Yeah. And they were going to break it into like 15 areas. And then each of those areas was going to have, they were going to be in control of their Ubers in that area and they would be hiring and firing. And so basically what would happen is you'd find that only eight to 10% of you were able to keep your jobs. Um, you'd have to go apply for your job. So this job that you've been maybe doing at Uber for five years doesn't mean you have it. Now you have to go apply for I it. Have to apply for it, yeah. Um, and if you're on the AB5 side of thing, they're not going to be looked, they're going to not want you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so the people who are fighting for this are the people who are not going to get hired for it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how things play out here. Um, hopefully it doesn't go too much further. But I don't like the other apps haven't been pushed to do the same thing yet. So it's again, it's Uber taking the force of everything and the other companies just poodling along. So, yeah. Well, um, Grant, I'll put everything up in your notes and I uh, appreciate your time today. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get you back on here. I'd love to have you back. Yeah, once I'm uh, once I'm signed back up and I've been back on the road for a couple of weeks on the Uber passenger drive-in, we'll catch up. I'll let you know because I, I, I think that whole having to agree to a new contract and find out what it's regarding will be good to give a bit of information on. So Yeah, because we part of the reason we follow what you're doing over there is because it doesn't necessarily come over here in the exact same packaging. Of course. Yeah. Yet we end we end up with a lot of the same things back and forth. We try things here, we send them that way. You try things there, you send them this way. And Uber's that perfect company that does try them everywhere. Like, well, this is working in London. Here, well, if there's like, a if there's a like, rule, no. we have it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a rule, we have it here. We have so many rules. And yeah. again, one one last thing to cover before we shoot off, I guess, uh, to do with the drive-in, we have to get. Um, so I think you may call it like a smog test, possibly. So we have to get that every oh yeah yeah on a, on a normal car. If you're a private hire driver, you have to get one every six months, and TFL inspect the car every year, and you have to pay for TFL to do this, which is like around about 120 pound. Yeah, here you have to another do uh, another payment, and you have to pay around. I think the total cost for signing up, um, as I said about the sign up process, a medical is around about £120 at your doctor's here. Eye test, give or take around about £60. The topographical test, I think, is around like £60, £70. The fee you pay to TFL to apply for your license is around about £320. And then you have to pay around £120 to get your car approved. And it's just... it's just That's why the, TFL topic, will never get but, rid of but Uber, things, in my like, Things like the topographical aren't like reoccurring, right? That's a one-time. It's a one-time, but because... I stopped driving. So when your TFL license expires, oh, for you, you it will be a second re- time. You can just pay to renew it instantly, kind of thing, as it's expiring. But because I didn't drive for three months, well, over They're, three months, right. I've had they to want to, they want to take all your money. money. Yep, that's and that's why <laughs> TFL will never get rid of Uber in London because there's so many drivers who are paying for licenses every three years, who are paying for annual car badges. They're never gonna, it's money. They're never yep. going to get rid of Uber. So, um, 
Okay. Well, guys, everybody check out Grant and uh, Grant, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So it's yeah. an honor. Ran a little long this week. Uh, I want to thank Grant McDonald, gig guy Grant, for coming on the podcast. All of his info can be found in the show notes. Um, curry, people. Curry, 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 curry. Uh, again, thank you all for uh, playing a role in the live premiere on YouTube last week. That was great. Lots of questions. We're going to get them answered. Um, we're going to have them back on mid-December for the uh, live stream on that. And then uh, we will go through the questions that have already been presented, and you will also be able to come and present any new questions you have. So start thinking of them. Um, but Curry, if you if, if you still aren't signed up, get signed up. Um, links in the show notes, guys. Rideshare Nation. Rideshare Nation. It's a call-in show that uh, Jason Teary and I and two of the guys over at uh, the Truckers Network, tncradio.live in Houston. Uh, we do it every Friday. We do it from 4 to 6 Pacific, 7 to 9 Eastern, and uh, you can figure out the other times based on those. <laughs> um, everything in between. Uh but yeah, it's a, it's a fun way to end the week, guys, and move into the weekends, even though a lot of us still work the weekends. You know, we're gig workers. We work crazy hours, schedules, who knows. But there's still a feeling Friday night, even if you're going in on Saturday or whatever, and uh, it's it's nothing too, you know, heavy or whatever. We just kind of have fun, and it's a call-in show, too. So, you know, if you want to chat with any of us, feel free to call in. We've just kind of started really kind of tapping that and letting people know about it. it. I mean, we've already had some great call-ins. We had Mr. Flex call in. Uh, we had um, our friend Mac who drives up in Portland. Um, and yeah, we've had some others. Last week, we had a um, a gal who's been a truck driver uh, around the country for many years, um, who's just taken some time off now from Tennessee. Uh, we've got a couple of taxi drivers coming on to talk to us uh, about what was going on, what's going on with New York City and Uber trying to get in on the taxi game um, this Friday. And then the next Friday, uh, I'm hoping that we have Tremaine Hayho, and uh, we will be talking about the Rideshare movie. And just, we always have fun. We take some quizzes. We we, we challenge each other with non, non-related gig economy stuff. It's just, again, it's just for fun. I mean, we, you know, it's it literally, we cut, we'll, we'll talk about anything. Um, we had one of our friends on, in fact, who does uh, um, the podcast, the new podcast, Cornhole Masters, is a friend of mine here in Denver. Um, he hired Jason's company uh, to to help him get the podcast started. And it's about Cornhole, the game. And uh, we had him on. So, I mean, there really is no limit at all on what we'll talk about. So, check it out. TNCradio.live, Fridays, 4 to 6 Pacific, 7 to 9 Eastern, and everything in between. Also, check out our sister podcast, sister company. Uh, one of my good friends, Jason Thierry, same guy I was just talking about. He does the Gig Economy podcast. Um, it's every other Wednesday night that they record live, and then they drop it the following Monday. So um, what that means this week right now, uh, that's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night he has a show, and... Uh, you can catch it. I, I I hope I'm getting this right. So it is six. 
I want to say it's 7 p.m. here. So it's got to be 6 Pacific and maybe 9 Eastern. And it usually runs for about an hour, hour and a half. But you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on uh, Twitch. You can find him on Discord. You can find him on, I know I'm forgetting one, uh, Facebook for sure. Um, He's on all of them. Uh, They do the live stream through all of them. I like watching the live stream. I watch it on YouTube. You want to join me there? Uh, I'm always in the chat. So anyway... uh, Let's see. Um, I guess that's about it. You know, we'll be back Thursday with the bonus podcast. And uh, you guys will want to hear this with Kim Cavan. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about independent contractorship. But this is kind of coming to a close, people. I mean, we'll definitely do episodes and talk about news on maybe some of the live casting that I've been talking about that we're going to start doing around this. But I've done a bunch of pieces. And at this point, I feel like I've had really the the top echelon from both sides um you know the 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 big proponents of each side the the best speakers the best the best knowledgeed ones have already been through the podcast and Kim is kind of a you know the nail in the coffin with that you know we've had Vina Dubal and Willie Solis and the Gig Collective on that side you know we've had um Gail Gordon uh we've had uh Lisa Rothstein and now Kim Cavan on the no AB5 stay independent contractorship side. And this one with Kim is really interesting and you really should hear it. It it actually doesn't just relate to AB5 California. In fact, she doesn't even live in California and she fought for something and helped defeat it, which is actually paving the way for independent contractorship for all of us around the country. So you want to tune into this one. Don't miss it. Um, so that's all. Uh, oh, last thing. Again, I'll be on Hannibal is Hungry live tonight. Uh, again, 7 p.m. Mountain. So 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Gosh, I hope I'm getting all these right. I'm pretty sure I have so far, guys. But that's on YouTube. You uh, just search Hannibal is Hungry if you don't already aren't already familiar with him and don't already follow him. And uh, I'll be on there tonight if you hear this in time. And um, other than that, thanks for listening. Uh, Watch for Thursday's bonus podcast this week. And uh, go out and spin some good into this crazy world. See you next time on Rodeo. Peace. Peace.